Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to a, another episode of the Trading Business School podcast, the only podcast you're ever going to need to grow and scale your trade-based business. We have another cracking episode today, and I am joined with some plumbing royalty, I've just found out. Please welcome to today's show, uh, Marilyn Sheffield, who uh, is the first female master plumber in South Australia. I hope I've got that right. Uh, and I believe it was the second female plumber in South Australia, you told me? Yes, that's right. Cool. Well, welcome to the show, Marilyn. Um, I, I feel so privileged to to be in your presence. Uh, one of one of the and I know you laugh about it, but the the ladies that have like forged their way and made their mark into trades based industries. A, a good friend of mine is, you know, one of the first female surveyors, and uh, just you know the, the stories that you ladies have are just phenomenal. The shit that you've had to put up with from us misogynistic, embedded misogynistic bastards out there. But the industry as a whole, the persona, those sorts of things. So thank you for for being here. I'd love for you just to share a bit about yourself. Obviously, we're going to get into talking about Mates in Construction, which is the organisation you're now involved with. We'll get to that part of the story, but please give me a bit of a background on who you are. I've given the the, the viewers and the listeners a little bit of a an introduction, but... Uh, I, I don't want to do you any disservice, so please share the share the, uh, the the jewels of wisdom. No worries. Well, I'll I'll tell you, Robert. So I was born in Sejina, over on the west coast. Nice. Um, grew up in the western suburbs of Adelaide, around the Woodville area, went Woodville High School. Basically, went right through to Year Twelve, doing really cool subjects like math, English, physics, chemistry, and went. I don't want to study anymore. <laughs> Spent probably half of the year in the student counsellor's office because that was the legal way to wag a lesson at the time. Yeah. And um, she said to me, you can't leave school without a plan because one, your mum's a teacher at the school and it's not a good look. So what do, you, what do you like doing? So I said, I like being outside and I like water. And she jokingly said, go and be a plumber. So I went, okay. And off I went. And wow. I did a pre-trade uh, training course. Um at an RTO to make sure that I could do it for one thing. From that, gained an apprenticeship. Did my apprenticeship while I was doing my apprenticeship, decided that I actually did like study stuff. So I did all the the study to become a master plumber during my apprenticeship. So the day that I stepped out of my apprenticeship completing it, I was actually a qualified master plumber as well. Wow. Luckily enough, I met my husband at trade school as well. His favourite joke is that we met in the drain laying room. It was love, uh, love at first lay. You know, I'll just throw that out there because he thinks uh, he will be he will be very impressed when he sees this episode that you put that in. So yeah, so we from there we both worked for a while in company in plumbing companies and then decided to start a, um, our own business. So he's still up and running that business at the, this point in time. Yeah, and I did that work. Uh, you like, had the you had the common sense to get out, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, did all the the weird and wonderful stuff. Decided to have children while running the business, so heavily like pregnant, climbing through manhole covers to go to oh sorry, person access covers. We're going to be PC. Yes, and climbing through heavily pregnant to fix hot water services and stuff 
and did that. Right. Loved it, did the job, but all got to a point where I decided I had enough dealing with other people's shit. And what else can I do? Yeah. And then I uh, saw an advertisement. So, so was that like metaphorical and, and real, like dealing with other people? Like there's so many plumbing jokes. So, like if like our old dad joke, please forgive me. Yeah, yeah. No, meta, it was right, both versions right yeah. there. So um, then uh, an advertisement came up to work for a group training organisation, which basically meant I became a mum to an extra 120 people. Just what you needed. Guess what I needed when I had a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. So, yeah, let's just throw in males and females from the ages of 16 through to my oldest was 41. So, nice, uh, yeah, nice. I did that, which I absolutely loved because, I mean, I got to boss lots of people around and look after them and make sure that we were building a good plumbing base, lots of good plumbers to become hopefully good master plumbers, not in competition with my husband, but to make sure our industry grew and it, be, it became the strong industry that it used to. So did that. Yeah, very nice. I was just going to say, like, it was not enough. Like, this is what I love about women and, and women that become mothers in particular, right? They're like, oh, I just had a couple of kids. We, start, we started our own business. We've had a couple of kids. How else can I complicate my life? I know. I'll add another 120 children to the mix. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Sorry, please continue. So that's right. I'm pretty sure that's where my husband's mind went. Like, what are you doing? Like, but we, but anyway, he was fully supportive. He thought it was a great idea because he was as passionate about the industry as what I was. So, yep, did that. And during that time, like my comments to the apprentices were changed. Changed from being, can you wear your uniform? Can you get your timesheet in? Can you go to trade school? Can you please just turn up to work when you're meant to be there? Do mm. you going, I'm sorry your girlfriend's left you, that your parents have kicked you out of the home, that you're having a really hard time of it and you can't get to work. What can I do for you to help you with your mental state so that we can get you back to work? And so that's where the mates in construction training came in. I actually did the three levels that mates offer in, um, in the training and I was using those skills all the time in that job and unfortunately the job did demand it sometimes that I use suicide intervention skills and I was probably doing it twice a month maybe once a month on and off for a while and the brain then went well I know I can fix the end but I need to stop us getting here I need to get in front of this and that very day I saw an advertisement for a field officer at mates in construction so I jumped at the opportunity to get a chance to get in front of in front of all the mental health and suicide process so that I can actually do get out there and impart skills into people looking out for themselves and their mates. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. And, and I want to just go back a little bit to, to the, I guess, the natural evolution of your mindset. And I just want to point that out for our listeners because I, I often find people stuck in that sort of mindset where they're constantly they feel like all their employees are shit, right? And they're having those discussions with them like, can you just put, like, can you just do the common sense stuff, the basics, get your timesheets in on time, show up on time, you know, communicate with me, you know, those sorts of things. And when you flip that like you did to a place, and I always say to people, seek first to understand before you're understood, right? So seek first to understand what's going on. And it's quite, 
it's 180 degrees from probably how you and I were brought up in the in the construction space where it was if up a lip, tough on up princess, all of those kind of quintessential trade comments, right? Yeah. The bag of cement harden up. And it's now like it's now like rather than leave your shit at home, it's like bring it to work, let's sort it out because yeah. And, and I think when I had Matt on last week, we talked about how the your productivity increases when you or your team's productivity increases when you you're taking care of them that that way. So it's such a it's such a shift which you did quite organically, you know. Yeah. So so I admire that. Yeah, I must admit, I, I probably got a bit of help on on that ship because yeah, I came up through my apprenticeship, and I being one of the very few females around on the site, it wasn't said a lot to me, but I certainly watched the male apprentices around me hearing things like, "You need to toughen up," you know. You need to have a take a cup of cement or a teaspoon of cement, and mm-hmm. those sort of wording were were directed at them. Not so much me because I think they were all worried about getting done for harassment in some form. So I didn't cop it, but then I didn't realise I'd taken that on myself until my nine year old was sitting there after I'd taken a phone call from an apprentice, and luckily she couldn't hear what the apprentice was saying, but. I was saying stuff and I hung up and she actually said, he just needs a cup of cement, doesn't he, mum? And I'm like, wow, my nine-year-old's sent something that I hated hearing. So clearly that's come out of my mouth. Wow. And I went. That's really really important, right? Because we throw those comments around like all the time and we think they're really insignificant and innocent, but- To, to certain peoples at, at certain points in the time, they, they absorb that stuff and it becomes their, their narrative, their dialogue and how they go about life and, yeah, impacting it at night. I mean, I'm sure your, your children are super tough now, <laughs> but, but however, they, they might lack a little bit of compassion for everybody else, you know. You just imagine a nine-year-old standing over another nine-year-old and going, you just need a cup of cement, my mum said. What? Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I raised you to be tough, but yeah, you're gonna have soft edges as well. Come on. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, the velvet hammer. So that swing, it did take a while to come through, but yeah, that's probably as mates in construction. That's probably one of our our big things that we 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 work on is the fact that we know that the next generation behind us are more open to talking about their mental health than the ones of my generation. But we also want Make to make sure my generation are understanding that we need to give them the space to talk about it and we need them to listen because if we're listening to them, then that's going to sink into that to the my generation about there is allowed to be compassion, there is allowed to be shown a, a little bit of I'm not don't know where to go, and it's not a bad thing. So, we, yeah, yeah, do you find there's much, much tension, much resistance to this kind of I, I'll call it a new way of looking at mental health. You know, like I feel like we're in like a really interesting transition period now. That, I mean, there's a lot of crazy transition stuff happening in the world. You know, you corrected yeah. yourself on the term manhole earlier. So we've yeah. been very diplomatic in, in many areas. But yeah. the other thing is that, you know, the whole the whole initiation of tradies is like led, long dead now. You can't go and send people to the shop and get them to ask for a long weight or a left-handed screwdriver, all those really yeah. funny things we used to do to apprentices. Yeah. Um, but how do you find that it's being adopted and picked up, like the change in mindset and those sorts of things? 
I'll, I'll be completely blunt. I use the word fossil quite wow. a lot, and and our industry has has a has the fossils where I don't think they will change. Yeah, um, they won't stand in the way of someone seeking help or talking, but they they themselves still think it's you know I've got to be tough, I've got to be brave, I can't let anyone else see that I'm cracking underneath the surface. And but having said that. Some guys have actually surprised me on site. You know, we start off our training and you can hear the mumbling and the grumbling and the, why am I here? And then they'll, halfway through the training, they'll ask a really important question or they'll actually answer a question we ask us and you go, yeah. wow, I thought you'd shut off. And yeah, they're accepting it. And, and I'm thinking that we have our industry leaders and we have our sports icons and we have people that they look up to talking about the fact that it's not a, a sign of weakness if you speak, it's a sign of strength that you're willing to do this and willing to say to your mate as well, not just about themselves, but saying to their mate, you don't seem like yourself. What's what's happening there? Do you want to have a have a chat about it? And and not that it's condoned, but like even like let's go and have a drink and have a chat like just step yeah. away and it doesn't have to be an alcoholic beverage no <laughs> well, we can have a coffee we can yeah. have a have a uh, kombucha if that's your type of thing oh, no but yeah yep. let's just step away for a moment and and sit down and talk is is probably the best way that the message is getting out there that it's not about fixing their problems you're not going to be their psychologist you're not going to be the be the help there. You're just starting the process with them. Yeah. And, you know. and, and I think that's really important to remember is that you don't have to be the complete problem solver. There is yeah. systems and processes and organizations like mates out there yeah. to that that are that are highly trained now. And I think that that's important. That was one thing I highlighted with the chat with Matt was that there is training there to kind of upskill people. Yeah. Um, and and I'm happy for for us to talk about the 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 three levels. So it was uh, general awareness, connect, uh, and what was the third one? Sorry, assist. So assist stands for applied intervention skills training. So yeah, that's that's our top level, and that I mean, it's that's not for everyone. They not everyone wants to be that. Sure. But the people that do do that training come out of it and feel so willing. And keen to to use those skills, it, it's never has anyone come out of that training and gone, well, that was a waste of two days. Yeah, while I've been at work, they've all come out and gone. I can't believe how easy it is to help somebody. I thought that it would be traumatic. I thought that it would be, I wouldn't know what to say or where to go. And out of the two days, that's what they learn, and they are able to keep an eye out on on their mates and and luckily. We don't get a lot of people ring back and say they've had to use those intervention skills, but they do ring and say, hey, I did pick up stuff with my mate. We had a chat and now he's going to go and seek some counselling. That's so, so amazing. We talked offline a little bit and I really want to sort of leverage your experience and I guess like so many different areas. Like you, you come through an apprenticeship, you became a master plumber, you're a, you're a lady in a male-dominated industry. Your husband's a tradie. You started a bit like you. I couldn't have. I couldn't have picked a better guest to be honest. To to really talk to all the all the people that listen to this podcast. Yeah. 
now being in this supporting role in and around mental health and obviously suicide prevention, but also still being at the coalface, seeing what your husband goes through on a daily basis, those sorts of things. I'd love for you to share, I guess, some of your experiences in and around the interventions, I guess, that you've had, the impacts of suicide on families, because there, there's going to be people in both camps here. We have the quintessential wife or partner that plays that sort of admin girl role. We have lady tradies, which is amazing that listen, um, but we also have those somewhat fossils, fossilized men in the group that in the in the audience that. They've been battling for, for, you know, days, weeks, months, years and not doing anything. And what I really want to do is get, get into their minds about the impacts that they're, they're not addressing this problem and the weight and the burden that they carry. I always say heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? Like quite, quite a physical representation. A crown is made of heavy metals and precious stones. They're quite heavy, but metaphorically speaking it's the burden of responsibility that that sits on our head or on our shoulders and when we don't take that off and rest and recover and look after ourselves the impact is far reaching so there's no one better to talk to about like what sort of impacts have you seen on i guess the individuals themselves but you know the family and and the extended communities of these people yeah it it's one of the, it's one of these funny things. We quite often, I we, when I was in the role looking after apprentices, they're like, I can't wait to start my own business, and I would actually say to them, Do you enjoy taking paid holidays? Do you enjoy being able to do what you want when you want, not have to deal with phone calls? And they'd just look at you and go, well, and I said, And how are you on paperwork? Do you actually like filling out paperwork because you can't do a time sheet? How are you going to do an invoice? Yeah. And they'll look at me and I'm like, I'm not trying to put you off, but you need to understand me as a small business and, and a partnership or as a sole trader, however it's set up, you're responsible for doing the work. You're responsible for creating the invoice. Now, whether it's you physically doing it or the partner doing it, someone's got to do the paperwork side and then someone's got to chase the money. So, and then you've got to have a lot. So if you're running a small business and you've got kids and both of you were in the business, there never seems to be a time where it's not about the business. And that's the big pitfall, I think, is that people don't take that step back and go, hey, we need to have time for us. And quite often, if, if it is a male-female partnership doing it, the, and the children, the females looking after the kids as well as trying to do whatever part of the business they're in, whether they're the tradie part, whether they're the, the invoicing part, everyone's got this huge amount of time that they're trying to juggle into our little 24 hours. And some days it's 23 hours is on the business and one hour of sleep, which is your only downtime. And it builds up and it keeps building until something cracks. And across all of our industry, our big, big triggers are relationship breakdowns, finances, these are big things that impact. And when you're in the business and that's your sole income is for both people, it becomes all consuming and they need, you need a break from it. You need to set aside, this is our, let's go and have a coffee and feed up and build sandcastles or whatever to get away from, from that because you, you just don't have a break. And it's really important to me in that some couples 
get the jackpot and they are able to to balance it. But I, the more I speak speak to small business people, it is continually is the business you're never stepping away. Mobile phones are a great invention and it made our business it made our business much better, much better on the communication. But it also means that at ten o'clock at night on a Sunday night, someone sends a message: "What time are you turning up tomorrow?" And they think that's okay. They send you that message. Yeah, and and I think the the thing is, like I always talk to people about controlling, you know, and you you probably do this with with a lot of people when they're in that mental health space, being but being able to control what's in your control, right? And I think yeah. you when you become a business owner. Like, and this is, this is why we do what we do, right? Because there's not an apprenticeship. Like I often refer to what I teach people as the CEO apprenticeship because yeah. we talk about very simple things like creating boundaries around your mobile phone and yeah. making sure that you've got things in place so you can yeah. take those downside. Because you're right, it, it, we're, we're far too accessible these days compared yeah. to how we used to be when you used to have to go to a landline. Like, You'd leave the office, the landline office number stayed in the office, right? But we, don't, we don't do that. So there's some, you know, some simple things that we need to, to build in there. But, I mean, I, I'm assuming you've seen everything from, obviously, the, the final moment, you know, as far as people that, that, you know, take their own life through to relationships, breaking down, businesses burning down, all of those sorts of things. Is there anything that, that I've missed there? That you know, and I guess the greater impact of all those things happened. What what are you sort of seeing in your over a decade of experience now? Yeah, it, it is. It, it's always a lot of things. It's never when we're talking about suicide. It's never one thing. It's always a whole lot of things stacked on top of each other that get someone to that point. And I'm pleased to say I know that mates in construction is is making an impact across all our levels of our construction, whether it's the, the big construction to residential, media maintenance guys, that they're, they're reaching out for very different reasons now on the on our helpline. They know that there's going to be someone that listens to them. So it, it's really hard to pinpoint just one thing that that does do it. As I said, relationship breakdowns is a big one. And and that's not just in a partnership, however that partnership looks. It, it's losing their mates for whatever reason. So maybe they've, they've pulled out of the footy club. They're not playing footy anymore. And all of a sudden, that community is not there for them because we're not yeah, going well. to the club. And they sort of mourn losing those mates that they've got there. And, and the same with... It could be a lifelong friend. They have a falling out, and they start talking to someone they've known since high school. And all of a sudden, because the person that they had as a friend had no idea the pressure they were in their business, they just stopped talking because the phone call, "Can you come out? But we're going out to a restaurant." No, I can't. I've got to go and do a job, or I've got. To, I have to get this invoice in. I've got to get this tender done. If I don't, the tender cuts off at midnight tonight. But don't do it. I'm not going to win that tender and then I'm not going to have work for the next month type thing. So we, I've had that in phone calls where like people just don't understand the pressure I'm under to keep the door open. And obviously in this economic climate, it's, it, it, things are getting tighter and tighter. People, people are trying to fix stuff for themselves and make a mess of it. But then yeah. the tradesman comes in and says, well, well, I've got to do this. Oh, but I can't afford that. I can't fix your problem if you don't 
do it. And there's a whole lot of things there jumbling around. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting sort of where you, where you took that because like talking to somebody from mates in construction in and around suicide prevention, mental health, like it, it felt really sort of big high level sort of stuff, but you, you brought that down so nicely to some simple things that really impact people, you know, and they're also really, I guess they're really early symptoms too of when people are starting to suffer or struggle with the pressures of life and particularly business, obviously, is they do things like stop playing footy because they don't have time and they lose that support network. And it's, you know, thinking of my own journey, the amount of stuff that I used to do before I started my business and that'll gradually dwindled away, but they were my outlets, right? They were the things that kept the pressure cooker down. You know, when you think of a pot of, I always think of mental health a little bit like a pot of boiling potatoes. You know, when it boils over, you've got to go and pull the lid off and let the steam go and simmer down. Whereas when you get into your own business and those sorts of things, and and it does, you're right. It doesn't matter what role you play, whether it's sort of the lead role as the tradesperson or you know a supporting role as admin and and that sort of thing. They've all got their own pressures. You know, they create their own stresses. And I remember a, a coach of mine saying to me, uh, her specialty was in and around burnout. You know, which which often leads to depression and mental health stuff. You know, burnout is the product of ongoing, sustained periods of emotional stress. Yeah. And, and this is this is the thing. Like you've you've got to be crazy to get into business. Like you know, it takes a special kind of person, I believe. Look, we we uh, we're running out of time well fast. I told you I wouldn't keep you for too long, but but it's been such a such a pleasure having you. I'd I'd love to know like. What can people do if they if they want to get some training, if they want to upskill themselves, if they want to be able to, if they need support themselves, like what can mates in construction do in yourself? Yeah. So as you already mentioned, we've got the three levels of training. So as a, anyone in the construction industry can access the training lot. Um, if it's someone just working for someone else, they can suggest to their, to their boss or their supervisor, how about we get mates in and come and do the general awareness training? Yep. And from there, they can volunteer to do the connector or the assist. Or if they're keen just to do it for themselves, they can actually jump in at the assist level and come along to one of our two-day sessions. There is a cost, obviously, but I'm going to talk money here and now. But uh, sure. um, our website is there with all the information um, yeah. on that one. And the thing to remember is we talk about mates in construction and mates still has that connotation around the, the male men yes but our training is for everybody and our our support and services is for anyone so when we go to companies we say to them you know you can bring everyone in from the apprentice to the ceo so mm-hmm. it's not just the guys on the tools it's everyone in admin it's the the ladies tradies it's partners and our help and support line supports the immediate family as well so we have had people ring in and go look my husband is under so much pressure working and I know that he's struggling, but I'm also struggling with it as well because I'm trying to support him and it's starting to affect their mental health. So they are able to access the same services, even even though they're not the person on tools, we do support immediate family as well. So I love many varied reasons. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, and I think that that sums up 
you know, really where I wanted to get to with, with yep. you today is just that it's not just about the, the individual there, this, and the, the beautiful thing I love about what mates do is they do support the partners and, and the greater community in and around that person who may be completely oblivious that they're struggling and their behaviors are impacting others around. So Marilyn, thank you so much for your sure. time today. Ladies and gentlemen that are listening or watching, you can check out uh, Mates in Construction at www.mates.org.au and their their hotline is uh, 1300-642-111. It's all uh, private, um, confidential, I believe. Uh, Marilyn, cor correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it's not just for tradies. It's for anybody in and around the construction space that needs support. So, Marilyn, it's been an absolute pre pleasure having you. I'm sure I will get you back on for another episode where we can talk more about trades and plumbing. Now that I know just how much of an, an amazing superstar, I also want to just honour you as being one of the, the the lady leaders in the industry. It's you, you, you ladies that have pioneered that and and carved the way for the the, the ladies of the future are, are just amazing, and I'm in awe of what you do and the support that you provide. So, from my heart to yours, thank you very much. It's been amazing having you, and uh, for everybody listening, if you do need help, please reach out to those to the website and that number that I just said one three hundred six four two triple one, or you know, drop a comment below, DM me. I'm more than happy to offer some time, no charge as well, and. Uh, send me an email at hello at tradybusinessschool.com. But for now, that's all. Thanks, uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Ben.